This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Amen. And so, anyway, let's get to the Word. And do you notice the title is How to Effectively Communicate with People? Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, that was for Henry's. How to effectively communicate with people. And uh, this, this is probably going to come from an angle that you don't really realize what it is. But I've watched Christians for a, a many, many years. They don't talk the language or the level of the people they're trying to communicate with. Amen. Amen. You know, I'm thinking about, we're going to look at some things here. But uh, I'm thinking about, I, I've got many grandchildren. I had three grandsons born in the last year. I mean, I got lots of little babies in my family. I think about little Sam now. Little Samuel just turned a year old. And then we got a little Jonas, two months old. Two months old. And then I got one up in Alaska that's younger than that. And how effective would this be to say, uh, Katie, can I, talk to Joe? can I talk to Samuel for a minute? Well, sure, I'll talk to Samuel a year old. Samuel? Grandpa needs some help bouncing the checkbook. Will you help me bounce the checkbook? You know, you know what Sam will do? Sam will just keep on doing what Samuel's doing because we're not talking the same language. He's still in the goo-goo. And I says, da-da. And if you tickle him, he says, da-da-da-da, real fast. <laughs> but he can't say. He can't say, Grandpa, let me see your ledger. <laughs> Did you log in yet? Well, Grandpa, you didn't make this entry. Grandpa, what's that check number? He can't talk that language. And so we as Christians have to know there's different people in our lives. We're trying to talk mature Bible language. They don't have a clue what we're talking about. And they stare at us. And they look at us. And then get mad at them because they're not doing what you're trying to get them to do. That took you 10 years to learn. Or 20 years to learn. You're trying to get them to be where you are. They don't know what you're talking about. And all they're thinking is, I wish I could talk to you, change my diaper. You're talking checkbook and I got a dirty diaper. (laughs) You're getting too quiet on me now. But we're going to help you today to be able to communicate with different people. And we're going to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. What was that? Uh, that's pretty good there. Uh, if you haven't been around, that's one of the languages of the church. <laughs> Not sure which one it is, but that's one of them. <laughs> but First Corinthians chapter 2. <laughs> and I, I want to look at verse 14. And Paul said this, but the natural man... The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned, or spiritually understand, they're discerned, understood by spirituals. And uh, for your fill in the blanks there, you've got to know there's three types of people New Testament talks about. 
basically that you communicate with every day. Three types of people. Now, this right here talks about the natural man doesn't understand spiritual things. They're foolish just unto him. And so the number one kind of person you've got to know that you interact with every day is the natural man. And a natural man is a person that's never been born again. They've never received Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And it says that you try to talk spiritual things to them, they're foolishness. And I think about when I first got saved, I was, 20, I was 28 years old, 28 and a half years old. And uh, my parents, you know, I don't know about you, you guys might have been raised in the Catholic Church or the Baptist Church or some uh, Pentecostal Church or something. Well, I was raised in Centerville. You know where Centerville is? That's people don't know God, don't know, they don't go to church. My family went to the tavern. My family went to a lot of places except church. And so at 28 and a half years old, I mean, I was already an adult, been on my own for a lot of years, married and lots of things. Uh, but anyway, I got born again and uh, I wasn't around my parents a whole lot. And somebody that was a mutual acquaintance began to tell my parents, Bernie's went off the deep end. Said all he does is go to church. He reads his Bible. So that's all he does. He reads the Bible and goes to church. And my parents thought it was totally normal if, uh, well, Bernie got drunk last weekend, didn't make it work on Monday because he was, he was just too loaded, too hungover. Well, that's normal. That's okay. That's not foolishness. That's the way we live in Centerville. Uh, you know what else I heard about Bernie? He's given Monday to that preacher. Well, actually, Bernie started tithing because he saw it in the Bible and knew that God said to give 10% to him. And so this person started feeding my uh, parents a bunch of stuff about me. And they thought I was really, really, really wacko. They thought it would have been quite okay. Well, you know what? Bernie spent his whole paycheck last week. He, he went out when he got to cash his check. And he spent his whole check down at the bar doing the, doing, doing the drunk gambling, all that stupid stuff. Well, that's totally okay. That's just normal. That's the way people do. But don't find out that he's given $10 to the church. And so anyway, my parents were natural people. They weren't born again. They did not understand spiritual things. So one day, they come knocking on my door. And they said, we've been hearing some things about you. I said, oh, yeah? I said, yeah, we hear about you going to church all the time. And just these things like that. And they said, if you don't off of doing that stuff, we're going to have you committed. <laughs> My parents thought I was loony. You know why? They were in a different world than I was in. I had stepped across the line from darkness to light into the kingdom of God world where Jesus is Lord, and they were still living in the world where Satan is Lord. And so I'm not putting down my parents. I want to help you today. We're going to help you today. You know, how, how many here do computer stuff at all? I don't do computer stuff, but I know iPhones, and I've got an iPad, and i got a computer, and I don't got a computer. she got a computer. And I look at the computer. But I know how to log in on my iPhone. I know how to log in on my iPad, and I don't know what's coming across there on anything on there unless i got the right password and I get into the system. That's kind of what born again is. 
The password of the kingdom of God is the name of Jesus. Until you get, until you get born again, you're not logged in yet. And so you're not hearing what we're hearing. You're not seeing what we're seeing. And so I think about, I can't think of the computer terms now, man. I've learned some of them over the years, different things, you know, the, well, what's the little things, what's the little things, the little things called pop up on your phone? Well, not the app, the little icons. What do you call those little icon things? Emoji stuff. Oh, well, all the emojis and whatever. I won't go. I guess I don't speak that language much yet. But anyway, anyway, I can navigate an iPhone pretty decent right now. I can get through my iPad world right now. But I remember uh, Joshua, my son up here, does music. He works at IBM. He does passcode stuff for people around the world. Passwords, buzzwords, or whatever they are. All that kind of stuff there. IBM. So he's a little bit smarter about computers than I am. Well, he's got a friend back in Indiana when they were growing up. Uh, how, what, what, how old was he? About, you guys about 17, 18 years old when... He made that he made that statement to me that day. Was about twenty. Well, this guy started as a very successful businessman. Now I think he's like a state congressman or something now. But anyway, this guy was like Josh. These guys these guys ate brain food. And one day they were over there, and I'd already been pastored for years, had the computer stuff out. I said, "Well, Rod, I said, well, teach me something about computers." <laughs> and so we sat down there for a while, and finally, this he was he was a Christian. But I didn't like his words. He looked at me and he said, you know what? He said, a lot of people have a hard time or something like that. He said, but you're the first person I ever met. You don't have a clue. <laughs> and when he said that, it kind of hurt my feelings. I thought, man, I'm a pastor. I'm on TV. I'm a Bible preacher. A lot of people respect me. And you tell me I don't have a clue? Well, you know what? After a few years of trying it and never, never really getting serious, I thought, you know what? He was right. I don't have a clue. <laughs> and so then God invented iPhones for people like me. <laughs> so anyway, what I'm saying, when you are talking to sinners and telling them you got to quit sinning, what you're doing is wrong. You're talking a foreign language to them. They have the nature of sinner in them. They don't have the Holy Spirit in them yet. And so you're speaking the wrong language to them. You're talking wrong. And so they're a natural man, and they think it's very foolish that you're here this morning. And if they found out you came back tonight, they would really think you were foolish. And if they found out you came back Wednesday night, they'd think you're off the deep end. And if they found out you came back on Thursday nights uh, once a month for a special meeting to learn how to be a better leader and server for Jesus... They say, man, this person's out of this world. And you just have to say, yep, you're right. That's where I live. I live with Jesus. That's what we do. And so you see what I'm saying? We have to be able to recognize people we're talking about, talking to what we're talking about, because if you're talking one language and they don't talk that language, you're wasting your words. You've got to learn the different languages for the different people you talk to. So anyway, three types of people. The number one the Bible talks about is a natural man. That's a person. They've never been born again yet. They don't have the Holy Spirit yet. And then number two, uh, as we continue to look at this, chapter 3, verse 1, go down a few verses. He says, And I, brethren, could not speak of you as unto spiritual. As unto spiritual. And so 
the number two kind of person that the New Testament teaches about is the spiritual man or the spiritual person. The spiritual man is a person that has received Jesus as their personal Savior and also they've allowed Jesus. Now, look at this. There's a difference. We're looking at another kind of Christian in a minute. They've allowed Jesus to become Lord of their life. Lord means master. Lord means the one that you yield to that tells you what to do in life. They, you listen to the Lord of your life. They will tell you if it's okay to marry this person. That'll save a whole lot of trouble if you let Jesus be Lord over your life We get married. If you let Jesus be Lord over your life, he'll tell you how to spend your money. If you let Jesus be Lord over your life, he'll even show you where to live at. That's the best place for you. He'll show you the job to take. You get three job choices. If Jesus is your Lord and you learn to listen to him, he'll show you which job to take. He knows which job's going to be there five years from now. Or if they got people at the top that's still and they're going to go under. Or people making bad business deals, you're going to lose everything you've got invested in that company there. Jesus is the one that's the Lord over the spiritual Christian's life. And so by consistently feeding their born-again spirit on the Word of God, submitting to spiritual authority, and putting in daily practice the principles of the Word of God, a person becomes a spiritual Christian or a mature Christian. Now, you can fellowship as a mature Christian around the meat of the Word of God. You can talk about things that babies can't talk about. And we're going to talk about that part. And I want you to look at the rest of this verse here now. It says, I could not speak to you as in a spiritual, but as in a carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. And so the third type of person that you interact with on a regular basis is a carnal Christian or baby Christian. And, you know, I think about little Jonas, two months old. Josh, hey, I'm going down to Los Domingos, man. I'm like, you know those big, those big fat steaks they got there? I'll tell you what, I love my little grandson. He's, he's two months old now. I want to take him down there and get him a good steak. You know what? We just celebrated his two-month birthday last week. I want to feed Jonas a good steak. Man, that's real smart, isn't it? That, that, you know, that's like some of the stuff you try to share with baby Christians. They barely know how to say, Jesus loves me, this I know, for my Bible tells me so. And you're what to talk to them about the Antichrist? You're wanting to tell them, don't give place to that, that's going to be the mark of the beast? Some of the goofy stuff that people do to confuse the little babies. Man, that would be very cruel and wrong. Matter of fact, Grandpa would probably be in jail. If I said to Los Domingos at lunchtime, my two-month-old grandson's trying to choke steak right down his throat. Now, I've got another grandson's in the Army. He'd been out and around a little bit. He's about 23 years old now, I think 24. If he were to get to come to Barstow, I'd say, Chris, thank you for your service. I want to take you out for a good steak dinner. You know what? Chris could handle it. He could eat the steak dinner because he's grown enough where his system could handle it. He could chew it up, and he'd know not to take too big a bite where he'd choke on it, but he'd chew it up right. Now, you know, I think about a little Jonas. I said, you know what? Uh, if you guys got an extra bottle made up and some diapers, 
We'll take him home and watch him this afternoon. If you guys want a little break, we'd take care of that. We'd give him some milk and change his diapers. But we could do that. And so we as Christians have to know everybody's not on the same level. They're not on the same page. If we're going to be effective and not come off as a bunch of goofballs, then we've got to be able to identify who we're with, what level they are in life and in their faith as Christians, to be able to effectively communicate with them. Amen. Is this helping anybody? Amen. Everybody, everybody's not the same level. Everybody's not knowing the same thing. So anyway, the, the carnal Christian, the third type of person you interact with, the carnal Christian, this is a believer that has never allowed Jesus to become Lord of their life. They only want fire insurance. Now, a baby, a baby Christian is just getting started, but a carnal Christian could be a person that received Jesus 40 years ago. But they never got serious yet. I received Jesus five years ago, but all they've got is fire insurance. And somebody said, fire insurance? I never saw that in the Bible. Well, that just simply means they don't want to go to hell when they die. So they want protection from hell. So they want just enough of Jesus to know they're saved, but not too much to where he tells them what to do in life. Amen. That's, that's a carnal Christian. And so uh, I want to go ahead and read verse 2 and verse 3. He says, I fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you're not able to bear it, neither are you yet able. For you are yet carnal. You're yet carnal still. He's talking to Christians been born again for a while. For where is there's among you envying and strife and divisions? Are you not carnal and walk, and walk as men? Walk as men. And so a carnal Christian lives as a mere unsaved man in the Greek. That's what it says, that you're living like mere unsaved men, like people that never, ever received Jesus. People, people that know nothing about the Bible or God, they just live like the world lives. Says, That's how you're living, so I can't really tell you anything because you're not ready yet because you don't receive the Word of God. And so a carnal Christian lives as a mere unsaved man. They do read their Bible a little. They hear sermons preached. But listen to this, and if this is you, just keep your toes out there, and nobody will see you shrink back. It said, uh, they, they live as if the Word of God doesn't apply to them. A carnal Christian lives as if the Word of God applies to everybody else but them. Well, God understands. He didn't really mean that. Well, that's okay if these people want to be like that and be that fanatical. They can, but I don't need that much. No, no, I just, no, I don't need it, man. I, I still enjoy my friends. I still enjoy my hangouts. I still want to do what I do. I don't want to get around those Bible thumpers and holy rollers. Yeah, uh, you going to go to church today? I don't know. Let me see, let me see who's playing first. Are you going to go to church today? No, we stayed out too late last night. You know, I got to get my rest, man. I got to go to work on Monday, but uh, I got a rest day. It's my rest day. I'm going to drink a cold one and just watch the ball game. Talking about carnal Christian. The word doesn't apply for them. They're ruled by their body, their physical feelings, and not by their spirit. When, you're, when, when you begin to understand spiritual things from the Bible, you begin to realize you begin to realize that on the inside of this body is a spirit. Your spirit lives forever 
your body one day, when your spirit leaves the body, your body one day is going to be cremated, going to be put in the ground. Something's going to happen. The body's going to stay, but the spirit comes out. And so when a person chooses to be a spiritual Christian, they realize that they've got to feed this spirit man Bible food. They realize they need to be around Christian things more than natural things. The body says, I want all the sex I can get. The body says, I like to get high. The body says, I want to do what I want to do. But when a spiritual Christian allows Jesus to become Lord of their life, then the spirit man on the inside says, body, you know what? You're not going to get all the sex you want because you're not married to anybody yet. Is that politically correct or is that sin? <laughs> Amen. There's some things, there's too many things in this world that the Bible calls sin that's politically incorrect and so it's been watered down and changed. But a spiritual man gets a hold of the Word of God and they see what the Bible says about sex and marriage. And they change. They see what the Bible says about don't abuse the temple of the Holy Ghost, or God will judge you for that. And so they decide, wow, you know what? It's maybe not right to be putting that stuff into my body because it's hurting my body. My body's a temple of the Holy Ghost. That's what a spiritual man does. A spiritual man begins to realize, I've got to start living different. I've got to treat this house right that I live in because this is God's temple. This house I live in is God's temple, and so I need to quit smoking those things. I need to quit drinking those things. I need to quit taking a chance on getting an STD or something because this is God's house I live in. I've got to start changing some things. Hey, man, you're getting real quiet on me. <laughs> hey, man, I'm doing better preaching than you are shouting. I'm talking today about the kind of people that we interact with. And at the same time, if you're a carnal Christian, I want to bring you up higher today and help you grow someday to get out of that. If you're a natural person today that has never received Jesus as your Lord or your Savior yet today, I hope that the Holy Spirit, through something we say, and I'm going to show you how a little bit, will inspire you to say, Jesus, I want you to come into my heart and be my Savior, Jesus. I don't want to just be a mere unsaved person. I want to be a saved person, Jesus. I want to change. That's what our goal is, is to bring people up a level. So anyway, you can see the Bible talks about... A natural man, a spiritual or, or mature Christian, we could call that, and a carnal Christian. It's okay to be a baby Christian if you just got saved. But if you've been saved for a year, two years, three years, four years, five years, 20 years, it's time to start growing up some at taking God at his word and believing the Bible is talking to you. And if God says do it, then you do it. If God says quit doing it, you quit doing it. That's what a spiritual mature person, they start living that way. And so first of all, then, I want to look at a little detail at the natural or the unsaved person, according to what Jesus says. As so we look at John chapter 3, as a matter of fact, I stepped into the membership classes yesterday for just a few minutes, Mrs. Pastor and I, and Pastor Dave was uh, teaching the new members all these things here. Of course, all the new members are born again Christians and know this. But I heard Pastor Dave teach this. I thought, man, these guys could get a double dose. I hear it again tomorrow. But you know the good thing about that? The more you hear Bible doctrine taught, 
the more you're going to be indoctrinated with Bible doctrine. And the more you understand Bible doctrine, the more you'll be able to explain it to somebody else. Because in here, you know, the majority of the people in here today are already born-again Christians. You don't need to get born again. You are. Somebody else is in there may not be, and they need to hear it. But when you go out to where you are with your family this week, with your co-workers this week, and lots of other people, the Spirit of God is going to send people across your path. And you guys are going to be talking, and you're going to realize, I can't really talk a whole lot about the Bible things I know, because these people are in a different world right now. I need a new birth to them. I need to be talking about how to get saved to them, because once they get saved, then we can discuss a lot of Bible things. But till they do, my preaching is not going very far here. I mean, you know, if they're living with somebody and they're not married, then I can't tell them it's wrong to live together till you get married. Because they don't have in them yet what it takes to say no to that. You understand what I'm saying? And when I tell them, you should quit spending your money on lotteries and gambling and things like that. You ought to give God 10%. That means nothing to them. If the Spirit of God's not in them, they don't care about 10% to God. But as a Christian, as a baby Christian born again, you can tell a baby Christian that, you know what? You really need to start praying about your money, how you spend your money. And then show them what the Bible says about tithing. Because guess what? Now they're on the same page. And that they can begin to hear because the Holy Spirit in them will let them know, that's right. Jesus wants to be Lord over your money. He wants to help you for your money. Amen? And so I want to look at this natural man. John chapter 3. Verse 1 and verse 2 says, There was a man of the Pharisees. That means a very, 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 very astute religious man named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. He was a leader. He was a teacher and all those things. And so he was very religious. He wasn't ignorant about Old Testament things. It says, the same came to Jesus of a night and said, Rabbi, we know that thou art a master come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And so this natural man, natural people, you know, they can be perfectly good moral people, even very religious like Nicodemus, but doesn't mean they're saved people, born again people. They're a natural man. And so there's a lot, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of natural people that aren't saved that I see that live better lives than a lot of Christians do because they're good moral people. But being a good moral person, as we're going to see, doesn't get you to heaven. Amen. Being a good church person doesn't get you to heaven. And so this man came to Jesus, and, and then Jesus answered him. And in verse 3, he said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, look at this, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Except a person is born again, they cannot see the kingdom of God. And so until a natural man is born again, they will never understand spiritual things. That the Bible teaches. That's what he's saying there. You'll never understand. You'll never see. Have you ever been talking to somebody? Like I think about Pastor Dave. Dave, you're the best target I see right now. When Pastor Dave was in about the fourth or fifth grade, he was having a real hard time with math. Real hard time with math. Matter of fact, we paid the lady to tutor him with math. He went to summer school to be tutored with math. I stayed up at I-10 11 o'clock trying to help him with math. 
And I remember we'd be looking at the same numbers on the page they're always trying to learn. And I'd keep saying, David, can't you see that? Well, his natural eyes saw those numbers, but his inner man didn't see it. He didn't understand it. Jesus said, except you're born again, you're not going to understand spiritual things. My parents, back when they gave me a hard time, back in early part of 1980, because what they heard about me, going to church, tithing, those kind of things, they couldn't see it. They saw what I was doing, but they couldn't see it. You know, there's people here this morning. You've got friends. You've got family. That all they can think about you is, well, I just know, you know, don't even ask Cindy. Cindy's really religious. She goes to church all the time. Cindy's really religious. That's all they know how to say about it. That's all they see. They just think religion. They don't understand. Cindy's born again. Cindy belongs to Jesus. She doesn't go to church to get more religious. She goes to church because she loves Jesus. She learns about Jesus and she helps other people. They don't see it. They don't understand it. Well, you know, I I don't understand about that Mike and Betty. They give all their money to that church. That's all they do is give all the money to that church. They go out and do something good with their money. They give it all to that church. They don't know about Mike and Betty. They tithe because they love Jesus. And Jesus said, bring your tithe into my church. It helps my church go so I can help people. So they tithe. People see them and say, I don't understand them. There's so much good they can do with that money. All they do is give their blankety blank money to that church. How do I know that people say that? Because that's what they said about me. They said, man, said, there's so much you can do with your money, man. You, you can do more for your kids. <laughs> they don't see it. They don't get it. Because sec, uh, 1 Corinthians 2.14, that first verse said, these things are spiritually discerned, are spiritually understood. So as we're born again, Holy Spirit gets inside of us. We see things. And then other people look at our lives. They see things with these eyes. But these eyes in here aren't lit up yet. And so on the inside, you understand that I do this because the Bible says it and I know it's right. Well, people look at you. They think, well, man, with all this stuff going on in the world today, you could stay home and watch the news and get all the fear in you too, but you're going to that church. Well, don't you want to be like us? Don't you want to be depressed? How are you going to get ulcers? If you don't ever watch all this fear out here. Well, how are you ever going to be tempted to do wrong things in your life if all you do is go to church? They don't see the value of this yet. We come to church, we get that suicide off of us. We come to church, we get the depression off of us. We come to church, we learn how to spend our money wisely. We come to church, we learn that all men are created equal. All women are created equal in God's eyes. That we love everybody no matter what color they are. No matter what gender they are. No matter who they are. They're created in God's image. We love people. Not because we have to. Because in our hearts to. And we want to. That's what it's all about. And you don't see that until you're born again. Amen. So Jesus told Nicodemus. He told Nicodemus. He said... Except you're born again, you're not going to see the kingdom of God. So then Nicodemus, verse 4, look at this. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Unsaved people can only try to figure out spiritual things mentally. They try to figure out their mind. How could this be? You know, 
unsaved people don't understand the laws of sowing and reaping according to the Bible. Luke 6, 38, Jesus said, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over to men, give to your bosom. Well, I'd say people don't understand that. They think, man, I'd rather take a chance. To live. I'll tell you what, let me have $10 worth of those lottery tickets. Well, they throw away. But Jesus said, give away, and it comes back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running. They don't understand how these things work. That when you're a giver, there's a spiritual law that comes back to you. That makes no sense. That makes no sense. You know, I think about some of the testimonies I hear of people, and I know that I was one of them when I first got into the body of Christ. You don't have a whole lot of money, and so you give part of what you give into an offering or do something to help somebody, and then you end up with more money than you had before to have more gas and lunch money and stuff during the course of the week. I remember I first got saved, and I had a hard time keeping gas in my car sometimes and things like that. Well, I'd give a little bit of what I had, and then I had more than enough gas because God blessed me. God caused us to come back. But see, people aren't saved. They don't understand how this whole thing works. But that's what Jesus said. And then Nicodemus said, wait a minute. He said, how could I be born again? I'm, the, I'm an old dude now. And my mom's really old. And my mom's little and skinny. And I'm big and fat. Mom, open up your mouth. See if I can climb back in. We'll try to come out again. He's trying to figure out his head how this works. And that's what happens <clears throat> when you're trying to talk to unsaved people and explain to them spiritual things. Their head's working. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. They're talking about giving it shall be given. No, that's called somebody's tricking you, somebody's cheating you, somebody's stealing you. You don't have enough sense what to do with your money. And I'm not taking up offers day like I just used an example. That's why so many times, that's why so many times, you don't need to tell people what you do if your money is none of their business because they don't understand how these things work. We're not talking about church offerings. We're talking about money in general. You can give to the poor guy down the street, anybody, because it's a spiritual thing you do. But people that try to figure out their heads, now, wait a minute. I was just talking to Grayson last week, and Grayson told me that what she makes, she hopes she had enough to make it to the next payday, but I just saw her. She just gave it away. Grayson's really messed up in the head. Something wrong with Grayson like that. They don't understand why Grayson did what she did. Then the next time I see Grayson, Grayson said, Hey, by the way, can I buy your lunch for you? They're like, Wait a minute. You gave it all away two days ago. How are you going to buy my lunch? Well, I just got blessed. Got blessed? What's blessed? Jesus took care of me. Jesus helped me. Jesus did something for me. But people don't understand that. And, you know, we're talking today about communication. Talk about communication with people. Until people are born again, sometimes you're pretty foolish to tell them about your spiritual life things going on because you're driving them further away until they're born again. I'm doing better preaching than you are shouting. Amen. Verse 5 through 7 then. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water... And what he's talking about there is not baptism. He's talking about coming to this earth through that watery sack out of your mom. And the water breaks and you're coming in through the water. Born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. You must be born again. So you enter the earth 
by physical birth, but you can only enter heaven by spiritual rebirth. You come in the first time through that watery sack, but then to get to heaven, you come by the Spirit by being born again. Verse 8, Jesus describes it in a way that a person can understand it. He said, the wind blows where it wants to, and you hear the sound thereof, but you cannot tell whether it comes or whether it goes. That's everyone's born of the Spirit. The last few days, anybody knows we had wind to the high desert again? Well, you know what? I never saw the wind. I saw what the wind did. I live across the high school. I saw my flag standing straight out. And Mrs. Pastor said, that's blowing from a different direction. I said, yeah, it's coming to the southwest because the flag's blowing that way. Looked up the school flag. School flag blowing. I looked at my driveway. All the Del Tacos and all the stuff in my driveway from the kids eating their school wrappers, little milk cartons, and the little bottles sitting on my pillars of my fence out in front. I saw all those little things where they'd been, but they were blowing into my driveway. I saw what the wind did. And so Jesus said, just like you can't see what the wind looks like, you can see when it's around, you can see what it does. Well, I know that when I got born again, my mouth changed. All of a sudden, instead of saying the things I used to say, first of all, I learned the language of silence. Because I found out those words coming out of my mouth didn't go too good in church. And so, I'm telling you the absolute truth, I purposed around church people to hear how they talked. And I made myself form the words, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And then I hear some of them say, praise the Lord. And I would go, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. And then I got around uh, out of the world then, instead of cussing like other people cussed, I would say things, well, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And then I picked up another phrase, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. So I'd get out there. And I go, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. People, and I wasn't doing that for show. I was doing it for me. I wanted to be right with God. And I wanted to learn Bible languages. I wanted to learn how God talked, what pleased God. So I changed how I talked. And so you know what? People that knew me that I worked with in the trucking industry, they saw how I began to change. And it used to be, I remember, I remember one day, I worked, I worked on a truck dock and I drove trucks. I can think of two different examples how my new programming in me changed where they saw it. And Jesus said, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. What's in you a lot comes out of you a lot. We, well, we used to have these iron carts, big things with wheels on. If you've been on a freight dock, you know what I'm talking about. Those things are really, really heavy and hard. I was walking up the dock one day, and I hit myself in the shin bone, that piece of steel, that cart pulled right. And you know what? Sinners all around me. I said, oh, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Joe, thank you, Jesus. And when I did, the whole dock got quiet because I must have been pretty loud. And I heard, I heard a guy over there that told me he's an atheist. I heard him louder than him. He said, yeah, look at that nut. He said, he about breaks his blanket, his blank leg, and he said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> well, it used to be, if that would have happened, I would have been said, thank you, Jesus. I said, thank you, Jesus. I believe healing was coming quick into my leg. I would have said some other words back then. And so they didn't see the spirit in me, what it looks like now. They saw the results of it. Results were, I didn't cuss anymore. I remember another time I was on that same dock. Anybody ever know what a, what a, well, a whole different world here. In the trucking world, have you, you know what a tarp is? 
a truck tarp. Well, we used to have things come into our, our truck dock where they had tarps on them. And back there, it didn't wait a whole year for it rained an eighth of an inch. Back there, we got an inch and hour sometime for days. And so we had real rain. And so anyway, this truck backed into the dock and opened the doors. There's a tarp on top. Had to move the tarp to open it. Well, I didn't know that tarp had about two foot of water in it because it rained a bunch. It had sunk down. I opened that doors and I got a muddy bath. And when that happened, oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And once again, here comes the sinners. Look at that nut. It would have been totally appropriate to use all kinds of four-letter words, uh, call my grandma names and everybody else. <laughs> and so what I'm saying is this. You can tell when a person turns from a natural person to what Jesus said, a born-again person. said, you might not be able to look inside of them with x-ray eyes and say, whoa, I see inside of Julie. Julie, man, you're totally white on the inside. There's no black in there. You're white. You've got a new spirit. But I can tell how Julie acts what she's got on the inside. Is this helping anybody? Hey, man, we're seeing the different kind of people the Bible talks about. And so Jesus said, you might not be able to see the wind, but you can tell what it's doing. You may not be able to see his spirit, but you can tell what's happening to his spirit by the way he acts on the outside. And so there's a difference between a born-again Christian and somebody that's not born again yet. And see, a big thing I'm telling you about this is you've got to know how to communicate with people where they are. There's some things you talk more about with people than other people, but you've got to be able to talk to where they are. You can't talk to somebody that just got born to this earth last week and ask them, hey, you know, you know, what, you know what, Samuel will be old enough now. I mean, he's, he's a sample, samples ought to work on cars. To tell Samuel, my car is making this noise. Does Samuel know what that is? Samuel doesn't know. I'll tell you about Samuel. Don't get your fingers close to his mouth. You feel his little toothies. That's what Samuel knows. He wants to bite something. He can't work on cars. And so we, as Christians, I'll throw one at you. Don't take your marriage problems to sinners. Amen. Don't, when a baby Christian is looking to you as somebody that has something to help them in life, don't go tell them about all the trouble you have your kids try to raise your kids. You can talk to a mature Christian about kids. Talk to a mature Christian about family problems and things, but babies can't handle that yet. Uh, tell, tell, tell Jonas, me and grandma's have to, will Jonas pray for us? No, Jonas not going to pray for us. He's a baby. He don't know how to pray for us. And so you have to realize where they are and locate them and how much you tell them because you unload too much on a sinner, on a baby Christian, you're going to blow them away. Because a lot of times, a lot of times, they think we're God Jr. Somebody said, I've never heard that before. But I'll tell you what, people look up to you. When you're the one that invited them to church, you're the one they see day in and day out. You're the one that led them to Jesus. They expect more out of you. But then as they grow up a little bit, they begin to know more. Then they're going to come to find out, hey, wow, they put their pants on just like me. But there's a phase in life there where they can't comprehend that yet. Got to get that place where they understand that, that Henry is a real person too. You know, a lot of people see Henry as a very spiritual young man because he is. 
But Henry is like anybody else. He has to deal with life. And so we as Christians, if we're going to be effective, we've got to identify who we're talking with, how much they can handle what we've got. If you've got to unload on somebody a bunch of garbage, come and talk to the pastor. And I'll send you to Pastor Dave. <laughs> Pastor Dave can handle it. No, what I'm saying, you've got to find out when you've got problems, you can talk to your pastor or talk to a mature Christian friend, but don't go dumping on baby Christians or unsaved people because they're not equipped to handle it. You might need more damage than good. Amen. Amen. Look at Second Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians chapter 5. And, you know, the uh, mission of our church, church officially on our mission statement, is equipping God's people, God's families, for victorious Christian living. And we're equipping you today. We're bringing you up to another level today to help you be more effective in your relationships, your interactions, your communication with your fellow man and fellow Christians. You know, I think about something that was very, very, very tragic in my life. To me, it was really tragic. Back when I was a freshman in high school, I got born again and walked with Jesus for a season. My grandma took me to the Baptist church. Long story short, the Baptist church had this thing called the Boys Brigade. It was a Christian alternative to the Boy Scouts, Cub Scouts and stuff. It was a Baptist thing they did back in Indiana. And uh, my parents, drinking, hung over, just really, if, they, if there's such thing as being a good sinner, they sin good. And I remember on a Saturday morning, my dad and mom was passed out from Friday night. The boys' brigade was going to take a hike down this little park they had in central Indiana. And the two leaders there were two men. I'll never forget what it did to me. We went on this hike, and all the other kids were church kids. I wasn't a church kid because I come from a center family. All the other kids, their dads and moms brought them and all that stuff. So all the church kids, we went on the hike there. I was so happy on the inside as a new born again Christian to be around Christian men that the other kids took off doing their wild things in the place and I stayed about probably about 10 foot behind the two men that were the leaders because I wanted to be around some godly men. I didn't, I didn't know any. I walked behind these guys as I walked behind these two Christian leaders in the Baptist church they were walking all of a sudden I heard them cussing and when I heard these guys cuss it wasn't bad 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 but it was cussing now, you know, maybe to some of you it wouldn't be cussing, but cussing's cussing. It was cussing, saying words that Christians shouldn't say, words that aren't in the Bible. I felt like a balloon, and I got punched, and the air got let out of my balloon. I heard these guys talking like Dad and Mom and their friends were talking last night around the beer table. And when I heard those guys do that, I mean, it, it totally shattered me. I thought, I thought... This was different. I thought these people were different. But these two men, my Christian leaders, were cussing. And it just absolutely blew me away. Totally, totally destroyed my confidence in Christianity at that level where I was. Remember, I was about two months old like this little boy right here. So all he knows is eat, sleep, and poop. Isn't that what babies do? And so you understand, I wasn't, 
I wasn't a mature season in a Christian home Christian. Well, that's okay. You know, uh, Jesus didn't cuss. Just those guys did. You know, men aren't perfect. I didn't know any of that. I thought men were perfect. I thought these guys was Jesus in the flesh come to visit me and help me. So when these men cussed, it totally destroyed my faith in Christian leaders for a long time. It did that. And so what am I saying? I'm saying that we as Christians have to be aware of our surroundings. Hopefully you don't cuss. But you know what? Gossiping, causing division, strife, discord, having roast pastor for lunch on Sunday. What is roast pastor for lunch on Sunday? You and the baby Christians are sitting around your dinner table. Well, you know what? I kind of like that church till today. Well, why didn't he like it today? He talked about money. Oh, well, he shouldn't talk about money. Well, what would your mom do all day yesterday? Well, we talked about money. Why'd you talk about money? Well, we got to pay the bills. We talked about money. But don't let the preacher talk about money to show you how to do better with your money so you can pay the bills. But we don't like that church. You know why? That pastor said... You shouldn't have sex before marriage. Everybody has sex before marriage. Well, just because everybody does it doesn't make it right. Until you come to a church that teaches the Bible, you don't know what's right. You start coming to a church that teaches the Bible, you start learning what's right. And so as you begin to badmouth the pastor for teaching the Bible, you're having roast pastor. And then when your children say... I can't wait till I'm 16 years old. I don't have to go to church anymore. Well, I can't wait till I'm 18 years old. I'm out of here like that. Then you wonder why. Because all those years that you were doing behind the scenes, what Christians shouldn't do, you were sowing seeds of discord into your children. Then your children go the other way. You wonder why that happened. <laughs> well, somebody give a hand for Jesus. <laughs> So 2 Corinthians 5.17, to see this a little better, says this. Therefore, if any man, any person be in Christ, that means to be born again. He's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God. He's talking about in your spirit, you become brand new on the inside. And it says, God has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and to give us the ministry of reconciliation. And so what this says is this. When we receive Jesus as our personal Savior, He's not your Lord yet. He's your Savior. He becomes Lord as you submit to Him, let Him have His way to your life. I'll say it again. A lot of Christians have fire insurance, but haven't made Him Lord. When He becomes Lord, He begins to control what goes on in your life more and more. So anyway, it says, Then we receive God's divine nature and ability. We change. It says all things are of God. We receive His divine nature and ability. That's called God's DNA. Divine nature and ability. Now listen to this, and this will help you even more. An unsaved man or woman doesn't have the DNA, the nature and ability in them to say no to sin and wrongdoing. Born again Christians have God's nature, His ability to say no to temptation and sins. We don't always do it. But we do have the wherewithal to do it. We have the Holy Spirit in us. 
That's why Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. That's why 1 John 4.4 says, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Christians still fall for things. We fall for things we shouldn't fall for, but the difference is sinners have nothing in them to help them say no. We have the resources to say no. We just don't always say no. Can you see the difference? We can say no to wrongdoing because we have God's help to do it because we have new creature in Christ in us. And then verse 21, I'm going to read this out of the Living Bible, says this, that God took the sinless Christ and poured him our sins. Then in exchange, he poured God's goodness into us. God gave us his goodness in our spirit and he took the bad out of us. And so you talk to these different kinds of people different ways. You can fellowship around some pretty deep Bible things with a mature believer. You can talk about some basic Bible things with baby Christians, carnal Christians. But for the unsaved man, you can never really argue Bible doctrine because they're not equipped or wired to understand Bible doctrine. With them, you can yell and scream all you want to, but how they're living wrong, that's not going to change a thing. People know sometimes they're not living right, but what you can do, you can tell them what Jesus said in John chapter 3. You can tell them you need to be born again. And then the best thing is, turn to Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. You can actually show them how to be born again. Romans 10. This is Christianity 101 for everybody in here to be able to help your family and to help your co-workers and friends to get right with God. When you learn how to do what we're going to show you out of Romans 10, verse 9 and 10, you're going to be able to effectively help people change. And, you know, the Bible will show you how to get to square one that's born again. People get to square one born again, then they have the ability on the inside to say no to living wrong. They have the ability to say no to continue cussing. No to continue to abuse their bodies. No to continue being foul-mouthed, temperamental, all those kind of things. But until then, you can holler up until the cows come home. You know what? You really need to quit cussing. Really need to quit drinking like that. You shouldn't do that. And sometimes they think, oh, I wish I could. But until they're born again, they don't have the ability to stop. Amen. Are you getting this? Okay, Romans verse chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. Here's what you need to tell an unsaved person is this. And show them out of your Bible. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, believe in your heart that God raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so when you show that to a sinner, here's what we as Christians have got to understand. We're not by ourselves when we're talking to people. The Holy Spirit's with us. And here's something. You might want to write this down. It's a Bible truth. Whenever a believer speaks the Word of God in love to anyone, it's the same thing as Jesus talking to them on the spot. Because it is Jesus talking. He and His Word are one. And Jesus told us He would confirm His Word with signs following And so whenever we talk to somebody and tell them 
that Jesus said in Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and that God raised you from the dead, you'll be saved. The Holy Spirit is the convictor. The Holy Spirit convicts in line with the Word of God. And so when you're talking to them, the Holy Spirit takes over in them. And then when it comes to that point in time, it's out of your hands. That's between them and God. We can't make them say it. We can't make them pray. But once we share those words, the Holy Spirit gets in the picture then. The Holy Spirit works on them. They go, go home thinking about it. They wake up thinking about it. The Holy Spirit's talking to them about it. Our job to the sinner, to the natural man, is to tell them, I've got the answer to all your problems. They want to whine about their money problems, whine about their family problems, whine about their job problems, whine about their addictions, and whine about life in general. But until they receive Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, they don't have the ability to change their drinking problems or their family problems or their job problems. But once that happens, all of a sudden, it's like a 100-pound weight lifted right off their shoulders. They just, wow, my life has changed now. My life can be different now. It's because of Jesus. So I'll I'll close with this here. Not only do you talk to these different classes of people different, you pray for them different. You know, can can I tell you something that, uh, man, if you haven't got offended yet, if you're religious, it's going to offend you. If all you ever pray is God bless Mike and Betty, you might as well pray twinkle, twinkle, little star. How I wonder what you are. That's not a scriptural prayer. He says in Ephesians 1, 3, I've already blessed Mike and Betty for all my spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ. You know, you pray for Mike and Betty. Out of Ephesians chapter 1, there's a prayer, verses 16 to 23, says you pray that Mike and Betty's eyes of understanding be opened to see and know what God has blessed them with already. That's what you pray for Mike and Betty, how to grab the blessing that's there. It's theirs. You don't pray, God bless the sinner. You pray, according to Matthew chapter 9, Jesus said, pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers to preach to them and let them know the good news of salvation. And so I didn't say it's wrong to say God bless you. That's always a good thing to say. And it's okay to pray for the blessings of God on people's life. But for believers, the best thing you pray is like Ephesians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1. You pray those prayers for God to open Dave's eyes so Dave can get a hold of all that God has for him. Dave already got the blessings of God, but the more he sees it, the more he knows it, the more he's going to get it. Amen. And so anyway, you pray for sinners different than Christians, and you pray for Christians to get their eyes open to see from the Bible what God's done for them. Amen. Let's stand. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.